Oxytonians. I'm Tatiana. Welcome back to the Oxytocin Podcast. This is episode one. What does pleasure mean for you? So, talking about pleasure could feel a little uncomfortable, inappropriate, awkward, if you will. But, to be honest, I don't think that it should be. Like, ironically, I feel like Pleasure is what we're all are striving for. We all want to feel good. We all want to be pleased in some way, shape, or form. And pleasure doesn't always have to be a physical thing. It could um be emotional. It could be mental as well. The way that most of us speak about pleasure is pretty complicated. Like, it's a lot more important than... <clears throat> we actually give credit for or that we're taught um if you think about it pleasure is deeply connected to sex and if you think about it sex is really um an essential part of life so if you don't know what pleasure means to you or how pleasure looks and feels to you then that should be the first thing that we ask ourselves what does pleasure mean for me what is pleasurable to me what what turns me on what do i like about myself what sensations do i like to feel um what do i like to look at um what gets my blood pumping baby what makes me all hot and bothered? What makes me feel um, intoxicated? What makes me feel sensual? What makes me feel animalistic? You know? And I feel that because um, society has taught us that it is inappropriate to speak about these things um, openly or to even... Uh, shun us exploring these things amongst ourselves, of course, um, that we feel like it's taboo. We don't quite know what pleasure is. Um, We haven't even tapped into the beginning. Um, What extent of pleasure we could or we are capable of feeling. And I honestly believe that that stems from the lack of knowledge about our bodies. Most people that I know have never even had a sex education class. Like, if you think about growing up in school, have you had a proper sex education class to properly um, educate you on your anatomy and how everything works? And in most households, you know, um, the parents being the first teachers, you know, it's like sex and everything about it is off limits when it comes to the children, when it comes to the young people in the house. But I think that we as the older, um, the older set of people now, the older group of people as the adults in the situation now should look back or reflect on our childhoods because what does that actually mean for the curious young people in the household? 
when people speak to um, adolescents about sex, they tend to be pretty discouraging or try to discourage them from doing it. But come on, like, let's be real. Like we said before, it's essential to life. So no matter how much we don't want them to, they're going to do it one day, you know? So imagine how many things could have been handled better or even prevented if you had better knowledge about sex um, yourself and your own anatomy. If you had proper knowledge, all those times that your body was changing and you had no idea what the hell was going on could have been prevented. If someone could have just properly educated you and guided you about the topic. I don't think that we look at children as being sexual beings, but they're human, okay? Um, no, it's not technically appropriate to teach your kids sex, but they are going to explore their own bodies. You should allow them to, allow them to explore themselves. When you're changing a baby's diaper and they reach down to grab their genitals, they are not being sexual. They're simply exploring their bodies. And a lot of times that is looked down on. A lot of times that is frowned upon and, and we stop them. Of course, you know, in places where there are other people around or out in public and stuff like that is not okay. But at the same time, we should not make them feel like it, it's not okay to learn their own bodies. I know women who haven't even um, been face-to-face -face with a vulva before. Okay, let's take this back. A vulva. We were taught, taught that the name of our anatomy, the name of our genitals was a vagina. But a vagina is simply the birth canal itself. So each part of the anatomy has its own name and its own function. And we were not taught that. So us women are going around, you know, calling it a vagina and letting our doctors, you know, because the doctors even use those terms, the vagina. But the vagina is simply the birth canal, the vulva is everything on the outside surrounding the vagina that makes you feel good. It's all the good shit on the outside, okay? So that's the name for it in a whole, a vulva. But we never even knew that. I know people who've never even been face-to-face -face with one. I know... Um, most women have not been face to face with one. And when I say face to face, I don't mean to stick your face between someone else's legs, between another woman's legs. But what I mean is to simply take a handheld mirror, you know, and hold it between your legs and spread your lips open, spread yourself to see what's what take. Just take a look, see everything, what it what it looks like 
instead of just, you know, wiping it and washing it and waxing it and shaving it. She needs more care than that. She needs to be cared for. She needs to um, be cared for properly. And if she does not, then a lot of, a lot of, a lot of inconvenient or unfortunate things could transpire. For example, who knew that conceiving a child is linked to pleasure? How about that? So for some women who are trying to conceive, they can't seem to conceive. And it's mainly because their body is not in a receiving state of the semen from the man that they are having intercourse with. You understand? And so that they're not able to conceive. They're not receiving him because for whatever reason, she's not aroused enough. She's not being pleased enough. So I think that we should take time to learn our own bodies, touch ourselves, you know, because I don't think that, um, Touching yourself is harming anyone as long as you're doing it by yourself, you know, in the comfort of your aloneness. I call it me time as as long as you're enjoying me time um, and you're not, like I said before, with the children, like doing it in inappropriate um environments, then it's absolutely fine. It's absolutely safe. You get to figure out uh, what it is that you do and don't like, how much pressure it is that you do like, and, and, and what pressure you don't like. You get to learn more about uh, your hot spots, as we call them, things like that. But if you don't explore your own body and figure out yourself, how then can you expect a stranger, someone who does not know your body, to make you feel good? You then leave your pleasure in somebody else's hands. And I don't think that that's I don't think that that's right. I think that especially um, as women well, I can't I can't even sex I can't even gender base this because I think that we should be able to know what we want, what is pleasurable to us, and I think that we should be able to express to our partner what it is that we would like. In a woman's case, it's kind of like, you know, we're expected to just, you know, enjoy the ride. You know, just go for the ride, buckle up and go for the ride instead of instructing or directing our partner um, into what we like. If we do, we're known as, as a do- we're dominant, you know what I'm saying? And I don't think that that's true. I think that that is just simply knowing what makes you feel good and showing or teaching your partner what makes you feel good so that they know exactly how to put you in a certain mood and how to help you relieve stress. In a man's case, when he's speaking about what he wants, most times um, it can be a little intimidating for a woman. She can feel like or call him, you know, controlling. And I don't think that um, that's true. I think that people take sex a little bit too seriously And when I say that, what I mean is technically sex is like 
the way that adults play. And when you think about children playing, you don't see them or think about them being self-conscious about asking for the toy that they want. You don't think about them um, being self-conscious about their bodies. You don't think about them being self-conscious about their hairs or their, uh, their genitals, anything like that. They're just having fun. So I feel like adults have took fun, a lot of adults have took fun out of sex. And I think that that's because of the way that society tells us that we should, for one, present ourselves and how we should look. Society tells us as women what our breast and our asses are supposed to look like, how big they are supposed to be, how it's supposed to sit. It's not supposed to sag. But if you think about it, everybody is different. If everybody was the same, then what the fuck would be the fun in that? What would be the point in being with multiple people throughout your life? You know, of course, at different times, but what would be the point in exploring with other people, you know, and that takes us back to intimacy and pleasure. Pleasure could simply be intimacy. It could be um, massages. It can be rubbing of the feet. It could be uh, watching the sunset together. Those kinds of things can be pleasurable in a way that could um, equival be equivalent to sex. Because as we spoke about earlier, sex um, does not equal pleasure. Sex is just one of the multiple actions um, of pleasure. But pleasure can be mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Sex is, sex itself is spiritual. We are spiritual beings, okay? And the... Um, sooner we unlock our minds or broaden our mental horizons, the sooner we'll be able to figure out or unlock certain cheat codes in life, um, like to prosperity and happiness, you know, um, because everything is connected. So from the time where you were trying to educate yourself, you know, about sex or the feelings that you were having in the in your body, the changes that you were having in your body. Let's say that you watched porn because nobody is really going to give you the detail that you're looking for of how to do it because they're afraid, you know, at your adolescent age that you're going to go out and do it if they tell you, you know, because from their experiences, the little bit that they have, the little pleasure that they have experienced is still much too good for children. <laughs> That's a reference from Matilda. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's still taboo for children. So it's like, I don't want to give you any ideas or make you even more curious so that you'll go out and do it. But... What happened? You did it anyway. And think about this. You educated yourself. Or you discussed things with your friends. You watched porn. Now let's talk about porn. 
when we're watching porn, yes, some of those things that we are watching can um, be pleasurable to look at. It can arouse us, right? But at the same time, if you really think about it, <laughs> majority of that is staged. It is not what real sex is like. But as adolescents or as, you know, younger people, we don't really know that being inexperienced in sex ourselves. So think about what young men take from porn when they're watching porn and what they bring to this young lady um, who has also um, been trying to educate herself about sexual health, right? And porn can be kind of very rough. It gives the impression sometimes that all you got to do is like lick on her and get her to suck on you and then you can just shove it in and go bang, bang, bang. And that's not the case. Like, I don't think that women know that about themselves, that we actually need more time to warm up the hot pocket. There are levels to orgasm. And as I said before, most of us can't even fathom how much pleasure we are able or we are capable of, of feeling. And for men, it can be a little bit easier to access um, that source of energy. But sometimes for women to actually get into it and to open up, you actually have to extend foreplay, you know. Um, and if you are a woman that knows what is pleasurable for her, this could be a very teaching and helping moment for this young man or for this partner so that you can, um, how you say, tell him what's pleasurable for you. If you're too afraid, even in adult years, we're not speaking to kids here, okay? But I just want you guys to think about yourself as an adult, but I also want you to think about what it was like for you as a child or as an adolescent, as a teenager, so that you can um, compare what it would be like um, had you known certain things about yourself and about sex and compare that to how you did come up or how you did get your information of sexual health. It would be a lot easier if in the beginning of us starting to be um, sexual beings consciously, okay, um, it would be a lot easier if we had the information of ourselves and of sexual health because then we would be a lot more confident as adults about our bodies and um, not have so much body body um, confident issues, not have so much trouble with 
expressing uh, our emotions or communicating what it is that we would like in the bedroom, it would take a lot away, um, a lot of how you call it, shame away from the things that we find pleasurable because we would be confident enough to say, this is what I like and this is what the fuck makes me feel good. If you don't like that, that's fine. If that's not for you, that's fine. If you haven't tried it, <laughs> maybe you should check it out because you might not um, be opposed to it after you try it. You might you might find that you do like it, you know, but we have been created or molded to be so judgmental of not just each other, but ourselves. So we hold these standards um, that society tell us uh, that we're supposed to meet. And it's like fucking torture, man. It's like torture because... You'll never be the same as Rihanna. You'll never have the Beyonce body. You'll never, you know what I'm saying? Like, you'll never look like um, Buffy the body. You'll never look, because these are people who are themselves. Um, these are people whose bodies are theirs. And your body is yours. I don't know about anybody else, but I don't want to be the same as anyone else. Yes, it is hard to or um, difficult to find your footing or your placing when you don't quite fit in or when you're different from those around you. But I found that we're not really that much different. It's just that a lot of people disclose um, things about their self more easily due to how confident they are within themselves. Okay, um, so ending off this episode, let's take it back to the question. What does pleasure feel like for you? What is pleasure for you? What does pleasure mean to you? What does pleasure mean for you? What does pleasure taste like? What does pleasure feel like? What does pleasure look like? What does pleasure smell like? What thoughts do you have when you're in bliss? When you're being pleased? Isn't that a state of mind that you would like to be in at all times? Like completely at ease and stress-free? and pleasurable I think we should all strive to do just that and that wraps up our episode for today don't forget to ask yourself what does pleasure mean for me and I encourage you guys to explore explore your bodies if you have a partner Explore your partner, explore yourself with your partner, explore each other and ask questions. Communication is key. So with all that I have said to you, my loves, my Oxytonians, have a blessed day, peace, love, wealth, 
overall pleasure, baby. Bye.